Hello, church family. This is uh, part two of our study in Ezra, chapter eight. Uh, if you remember, uh, yesterday we just talked about how, uh, just a summary of what the chapter is going, uh, what the chapter is about. The chapter really begins uh, this journey for Ezra and the people there. Uh, there's about maybe five to six thousand Jews that decide to cross uh, or, not, or yeah, basically go back from Babylon to Jerusalem. And uh, this is 60 years after uh, they've completed, the Jews have already completed the temple, and the second wave of Jewish people are are going over. And by way of application, I said that um, a way to help us uh, grow in our prayer life is to, is to have these, these, these different categories of things that we can pray for. I didn't give you the outline yesterday, uh, but so I decided to give... Um, as we go along this week. But the first way in which we can grow in our prayer life is first that we should pray for qualified leaders. Uh, pray for qualified leaders. In verse 15 to 17, or verse 15 to 20, in chapter 8, we see that uh, they assembled uh, all of them at the river that runs to Ahava, where we camped for three days. And when I observed the people and the priests, I didn't find any Levites there. So I don't know if it's an oversight or just an assumption, but he, <clears throat> at some point Ezra realized uh, as he was planning before heading over, even though he, they've already left uh, Babylon, that, hey, we're missing something here. We're missing priests. Um, and, and from 15, from 16, 17 and on, they were they grabbed a, a group of individuals to go to the place uh, as a nearby town where all the, most of the majority of the people are Levites, and, uh, and to, to, to encourage them to join them uh, to, back to the land of Jerusalem so that they can um, be priests in the land. And um, verse 18, according to the good hand of our God upon us, they brought us a man of a uh, man of insight, of the sons of Mahai, Mahali, the son of Levi, the son of Israel, namely Sarabiah and the sons and brothers, 18 men. And then going down that list in 1920, you see uh, the different uh, people that are also part of that list. And it was good because they wanted people that um, to minister to them the word of God. It wasn't just people that uh, that needed sacrifices, but they need someone who who lived um, according to God's word, uh, who was able to teach them God's word, and also be able to be a priest to the nation. And they had all of these qualifications because these are the qualifications that God expected of them. Uh, they looked at these individuals, and then they saw how God blessed them, and um, and yeah, it was great. Uh, they uh, the Lord, the good hand of God was upon them. Verse 18, and then the Lord provided what they needed. And we see that uh, uh, as uh, Ezra was looking for these people, he, he he's a man of prayer. Um, in fact, throughout this book, we don't actually, up until this point, we don't really see much of Ezra's sermon. We actually see that later on. Um, but he doesn't actually uh, preach. He's just praying. He's praying, he's planning, he's thinking, and he's uh, asking the Lord to provide for them. And the Lord does. The Lord provides Ezra with a group of um, qualified uh, uh, priests to be able to um, help him uh, do ministry, to help him uh, uh, you know, intercede for the people, to offer animal sacrifices and all of that. Um, and there's, there's something that to be said uh, when it comes to our prayer life when we need to be praying for our leaders. And we should be praying for qualified leaders in different ways. We should be praying for qualified leaders and the ones now that we have. <clears throat> The leaders are in our lives currently. Um, we should uh, always be mindful that you know the the elders and leaders of our church they set the standard not just on the theological 
depth of our church, but also the level of godly maturity in our church and moral uh, and everything else. Um, we want to be able to be leaders uh, that uh, that uphold the word of God, that hold tightly to the work and walk closely with the Lord. And that's something that requires a lot of prayer. Uh, the devil will oftentimes go for the leaders because they know that he knows that if you go after the leaders and you cause them to stumble, <clears throat> you cause them to fall and get disqualified. And it defames the name of Christ and it also uh, ruins the testimony. And it affects everyone else in the church. You know, there's a reason why in Second Timothy, it speaks of those uh, leaders that get disqualified. They need to uh, let the whole church know so that they can have fear, so they can strike fear on the, on the rest of the congregation. Because sin in leadership is very deadly to the church. So why does praying honor the Lord? Like how do we grow in our prayer? Why is um, praying um, for qualified leaders honoring to the Lord? Because the focus on the, the preservation of God's word and the life of individuals. The leaders are, the, are, are first supposed to be individuals that know God's word, live God's word, and they teach God's word. Everything surrounds uh, God's word. And when a leader falls, when a qualified leader falls, it, uh, it, it messes up the life of the church. Um, in our days, there are a lot of churches that focus more, even in reform circles, that focus more on the skill of the preacher or pastor instead of the actual character of the pastor. Um, there are a lot more people that care about, okay, what are, your, what are your ideas to solve our church issues or what is your vision in terms of outreach or your your, uh, your 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 vision for the church and what uh, the church looks like uh, down the line. There are a lot of past churches that look for pastors with these type of you know type of visionary entrepreneurship type skills, um, but uh, a lot of churches don't look for godly character. In fact, I think I've said this before. I think the thing that the church needs uh, more than a preaching ability, more than just uh, you know uh, thinking uh, leadership skills or, or or visions of what the church should be in terms of um, you know, planning and stuff like that. The one thing that the church needs more than any of that is for from their pastors and leaders is actually godly character. Uh, godliness is actually the most important thing that the a church needs. Uh, so invite all of you to pray for us, the leaders that are currently watching over you. Um, but there are also leaders that uh, we want to pray for in terms of the ones that are up and coming, the elders in training, those that are uh, have aspirations for... Um, uh, to be leaders in the church, and that's uh, those people we want to pray for too, because uh, we want that. Uh, Deuteronomy six uh, tells us that we need to pass on all the things that we learn to our kids, and Second Timothy two two tells us that we need to entrust all that we know to future generations. And uh, future generation means that there is going to be a time where the old guard is going to go, and there's going to be new uh, leaders coming up, and we want to keep praying for them that the Lord will also teach them God's word, so they have a better grasp of His word as well as uh, be able to, that these individuals live out God's word faithfully. Um, we want to pray for our future leaders. Um, in a lot of ways, even for our church, we have you know, we have a lot of kids, and I'm sure that some of these kids are going to be leaders of the church one day. Um, uh, pray for those parents. Pray for the parents that the Lord will use them to teach their kids at a young age in hopes that they, they, these kids will grow to, up to be pastors and missionaries and you know, godly individuals that the Lord will use to further the gospel. And uh, that's how we can pray for our leaders, not just the ones that we have now, not just the up-and-coming ones and also the future ones, but just pray that the, that the Lord will continue to raise up um, uh, leaders. And that's how he builds the church, I think. One way he does so is by raising up individuals in the church 
uh, that they become godly and then they become individuals that um, that knows how to discern the will of God and teach God's word. And these are all the things that Ezra exhibited in his life. And then these are the people that God provided for them when he needed more people to help uh, well, do ministry with him. Um, and we want to be able to uh, also uh, pray for other pastors. So we pray for our current leaders, pray for our leaders that are training, uh, leaders in training, pray for future leaders in terms of the kids, and also just pray for pastors in other churches. It's very tempting for us to be isolated on our own and just think about our, our own people. Um, but I think knowing how vast and big our God is, we should also be praying for our neighboring churches, you know, other churches in our lives or in our community that are also doing gospel ministry. They need prayer, just like how much we need prayer, and they're dealing with things just in, in a lot of ways similar to the stuff that we're dealing with. And uh, we want to keep praying for them as well. We want to be able to have other pastor friends or missionaries that we're praying for, people that are doing God's work that we don't, that we're not uh, directly involved in, but we want to um, you know, cheer them on from a distance and, and pray that the Lord will use them, even though we may not know all of the fruits that um, that come with it. Uh, and, that, and these are things that are uh, that are honoring to the Lord when we're praying for um, leaders in every from in every sense of the word, from whether people that are in our church to people um, that are coming into our church, future leaders or or uh, coming up in terms of we're raising them, uh, or even uh, church pastors in other places. Uh, and the New Testament talks a lot about prayer. Paul is a man of prayer, and he knows the power and importance of prayer. He always tells people to pray for him. Second Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 11, you also joining and helping uh, through your prayers so that, so that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed on us. Through the prayers of many. Colossians chapter 4, verse 3 tells them that, uh, or yeah, verse 2 to 3, devote yourself to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving, praying at the same time for us as well, that God will open, uh, open up to us a door for the word, that uh, we may speak forth the mysteries of Christ, for which I have been imprisoned. Uh, that I might make clear in the way I ought to speak. So you want to pray for your leaders in terms of even their event and even their gospel opportunities, chances they have to be able to, to be a testimony, <clears throat> a faithful testimony, and an evangelist or apologist, <clears throat> that they're able to defend God's word <clears throat> and bring people to saving faith. Paul also writes in at the end of First Thessalonians chapter f- uh, five, verse twenty-five. So the brethren, pray for us. Uh, there's a simple command that he loves his church and he. Uh, knows that um, this church is um, godly and just just pleads with them, just pray for them. Second Thessalonians chapter three verse one. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord will spread rapidly and be glorified, just as it did also with you, and that we will also be rescued from rescued from perverse and evil men, for not all have faith. The Lord is faithful, and He will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord concerning you that you are doing and will continue to do what uh, we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into love of God and into the steadfastness of Christ. Paul here again uh, speaks. He's praying. He's asking for uh, the church to pray for protection, that the, um, the Lord will spare them uh, and allows and hopes that they can continue on with gospel ministry. Hebrews 13 verse 18. The writer writes, pray for us, for we are sure that we have a good conscience desiring to conduct ourselves honorably in all things. And I urge 
you all the more to do this so that I may be restored to you the sooner. So what are the types of prayers that honors the Lord? Uh, one of them, one category that we can uh, do to uh, honor the Lord in our prayer is that we pray for our leaders, whether that those leaders are their current leaders, uh, the leaders that are coming up, the leaders that are, are born, they're just born recently, and for the parents of those future leaders, and even for leaders that are um, throughout the church, um, not just in our church, but you know, the church as a as a you know as a whole church body in the universal sense. Uh, so that's one thing that you can pray for. You think about uh, any of your pastors that you know that are not part of SPC, pray for them. Uh, pray for us, uh, especially uh, uh, during this time when uh, we just need a lot of wisdom with uh, our current situation. Uh, pray for your elders uh, and all of us as we figure out how we can uh, bring the church back and, and other different ways in which we care for the flock. And um, we would appreciate that. Um, so yeah, one, one type of prayer that's honoring to the Lord uh, is that you pray for your leaders. I hope that today is helpful for all of you. Um, tomorrow we're going to look at um, another type of prayer that the Lord honors, and or that's honoring to the Lord is that uh, we pray for God's protection in all things, and we'll see that um, uh, tomorrow. Uh, and I hope that this t- this is helpful for you guys today uh, as you pray, um, pray for your leaders, and that you apply the things that you hear today. Uh, take care. Have a good day.